1: with an upgraded vein and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com, or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk, hey. Mike Walsh, welcome back to ATV Talk, man. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. How are you, Lenny? I'm doing great. You know, I'm I, I going to have to address this at some point, but most most people don't know. ATV Talk has went a different direction. Not a different direction, but we've broadened our horizons. We are now a motorsports podcast. What that means is I cover motorsports um, from ATVs, which is my love and my dream. And that's our first and foremost platform. Uh, but I'm going to get into motorcycles, UTVs, NASCAR, Um trucks anything that anything you can race i'm going to talk about it and talk to those people um so that being said um i wanted to to get you on the show because you do something that i think is masterful you know uh i don't own one of your machines but i talk to multiple people that do and i get to see the photos you build hybrids and you've been building them for years um, I believe one of the first ones that I can recollect is the KTM that you raced and kicked ass on. Um, I, I want to know, uh, where does that come from? Where, where, where does the desire to build these exotics come from?
0: Well, yeah, um, that's, that's my passion and, in, in getting into that basically it was my passion when I was a kid, um, because Basically, trying to go faster as a rider and uh, using these uh, different engines in the 250R based platform that we had. We have two platforms. We have 250R, which was very good and people loved it. And that was really what was what that was. when you, you know you saw Doug Gust on a Suzuki. You saw Shane Hit on the CRF. You, you know you saw you know you saw Tim Far on the CRF. You, you know, you saw Harold Goodman, of course, on the uh, the YZ, you know, four hundred. So, so that that was kind of the bomb that got us really going on the um on the, you know breaking into uh you know, and of course I raced the KTM, you know, the the five twenty five, and all those are really like the it, you know the, the fuel that that got the fire going, you know. So then now switching up, you know. I think it's oh nine is when my brother I think I just talked to him about this, but we ended up having the new platform, which was the L the LT um, the LTR, the 450, you know, Suzuki. So um that platform, I I really like it. So basically the thought behind this whole thing is to put the all the best pieces to the puzzle in, you know, in one creation, uh, to make better suspension, to make uh, better swing on pivot heights, uh, you know, sprocket heights, um, longer shocks, better leverage ratios, stuff like that, lighter, faster, more modern engines. Uh, like now the new CRF has finger following head, you know, uh, you know, valve train, you just, just things like this. and And then it kind of spread out from there.
1: So when you're talking about lighter, what are you making the frames out of to make them lighter and stronger?
0: Well, we use 4130 chromoly, um, but backing up, you know, so, you know, you have different wall thicknesses, different choices, different gussets and stuff. But backing up, um, a lot of these engines are, a lot of these dirt bike engines that people tend to want to use, or I like to use, they're initially considerably quite a bit lighter than... Um, than your atv based engines take the z400 for example that's a monster engine you know um even the 05 uh trx engine so they're really they're they're heavy so i I, usually when people go racing they try to take a least amount of weight as possible and put that weight in the places that they need it and it's kind of funny on our Latest hybrid, we actually have a ballast tank that sits inside the front bumper. So you can add and subtract lead shot to kind of get your weight distribution right. And that's kind of the thing they do in NASCAR and NHRA and, you know, all these high-end forms of racing is you move weight around to where you need it.
1: Let me ask you this, because you're on the East Coast. You spend most of your time in motocross, I'm assuming. Um, you have some stuff in the cross country. Is this something directed at a specific discipline? Because on the West coast, I, I, I can't see that that option might be something that we would need in an off-road race or a desert race.
0: Um, I mean, we're primarily a motocross based, you know, my, my background is motocross and flat track or TT, if you will. And it was funny when I released that CRF that um back in oh two, I actually raced that CRF against Jeremiah Jones and Shane Head and Tim Farr and Joe Bird and you know all these in and, and that four stroke was was doing very well against the two fifty Rs and it was it was released. I actually was faster on that four stroke quite a bit faster than I was on my two fifty Rs. And that was like an eye opener for me. It made Because that's really how the hybrid thing started, you know. And that's when you got the big ignition, the big hit is when you moved from a two-stroke power plant to that robust four-stroke, high-revving CRF or you know Yamaha, and that made a huge that made you know that made a huge uh, impact in the sport. Now it's not as drastic because. The engines are comparable, but there is improvements that are still made.
1: Are most of the improvements in the suspension and the handling of the machine versus the factory style machines?
0: Well, a lot of it is. Um, if you look down the pro line right now, pretty much everybody runs the Suzuki spindle, right? So our 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 uh, our current hybrid utilizes the Suzuki spindle and the um, even our 250R based platform, you can now get Suzuki spindles on that. So that spindle is a really good spindle. I mean, the Lager ProTrax was, you know, wildly crazy for a long time and we were always ball joint people. So, um, you know, that, you know, as the spindles developed and got better, with um you know ackerman and just you know camber gain and you know all this sort of sort of stuff where you know you're able to you know you are when you build a hybrid you're able to put your ar mounts wherever you want them you know and and there is advantages to this stuff so um like i said in my opinion the technology and this is what i tell people i say and I say this openly, I say you, you know, you, you, if you, um, basically you, you get a right hold now, hold on, since there's hold a on, limited... hold on, Mike. Yeah.
1: Sorry about that little, little break. Something fell in the shop and I had to go check on dad. And Um, hmm. yeah, you, you, you already heard, but yeah, we don't know what it was. It's something in the, in the outside. It's just not him. And that's all that matters.
0: Uh, it's very, very good. We didn't need any, any more trauma in the ATV world. You know, the, you know, we, we, we lost Rich, which is terrible. Gillette.
1: Yeah. I never got to meet him. Um, but I heard a lot of good things and read a lot of good things about him on the internet.
0: Yeah. He did a lot of good for the, you know, a lot of good for the sport. Uh, definitely. And that uh, de- definitely an awesome guy. Cool cool dude for sure easy to get along with also
1: thoughts and prayers Um, to his family
0: yeah yeah alex yeah that's right that's how can you even i mean i had my dad for he was 71 when he passed your dad's still going so losing your dad when he's you know that young that's bad
1: my um my dad was working on the mill and, you know, cause he still loves to machine parts. I know we're off mm-hmm. track, but he got a new impact gun to take the tools out of the, out of the, out of the fixture. Yeah. And as he's putting his hand up there with his impact, he's looking at the cutter going, you know, I should probably take that cutter out before I do this, as he puts it, the puts the impact in the bolt and pulls the trigger and it pushes his hand right into the cutter cuts his hand. So we spent, you know, the morning in the ER the other day getting stitches because, you know, and he goes, you know, I knew I should have pulled it out of there, but he, you know, at, at 86 years old, um, the guy's still going and still works harder
0: than most of the young people I know. Wow. That's an awesome, that's an awesome tribute. That's, that's sick. I love that. But yeah. you gotta get, you know, he They got that safety thing in there too. Yeah. We,
1: uh, we watch him as often as we can, but you know what? He still is going to do what he's going to do. And he doesn't, he doesn't ask. He just goes and does it.
0: Well, he is the boss.
1: Exactly. (laughs) There you go, man. There you go. Um, I want to get back on track, um, with where we were, you were talking about, um, You were talking about Suzuki spindles and things like that.
0: Yeah. So, so basically what I wanted to really touch on was you got to really realize just in pure numbers. So say you have a hundred Walsh hybrid, new, 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 new generation hybrid Walsh hybrids. Right. And they all pretty much have the same uh, suspension geometry. Right. So now you have thousands of people, you know, racing and selling shocks for like a Y of ZR right so obviously the technology is going the progression of technology is going to happen a lot faster on a production bike because there's so many people doing it and that's the battle that we have that's 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 the true battle of the hybrid that people may not understand or look at it because even if you know your your progression and your rear shocks, or your you know if it's linear, you know progressive, whatever. It maybe it, it is better, maybe it could be better, or maybe it is definitely better. But with a limited amount of people building shocks for them, and a little bit a limited amount of people testing. Because look, you got Chad Wien and Joel Hetrick, you know Bryce Ford, Rastrelli, all these high end people, high end racers developing shocks for this Yamaha. That thing is getting so good so fast you know look at from when chad started working on that on his on his package to now i mean what eight championship you know that you know and yeah it's basically the same the same atv but it has been tuned like a like a an indy car you know it's been tuned yeah he he never goes it doesn't appear to me that chad weenan ever goes backwards so all that so all that all the technology that people like Duncan and, and, and Walsh Racecraft and Fox and Elka, what they're all learning, they're learning at a faster rate of speed with the production stuff. So with the hybrid stuff, that's not happening. And and so you're not seeing that robust. I mean, there is a couple standout people riding hybrid Dane Moland or Zach Decker, you know, he he was in very fast. I mean, you know, you had Cody Gibson, you had some very high-end. You know, riders that were performed that are and were performing at a high level, um, but still, you because we you know that year we raced the hybrid and the LTR, right? And we were and I, the high the LTR was a totally tuned, you know, every and that hybrid was was kind of like a, a a rat rod, you know what I mean? <laughs> it it wasn't really tuned, but. The lap times it was still right there, and if not faster at some at, at at some tracks. So, and that was the first year, and that motor was fairly stock. I we had we had a CP piston in it and a a Crower cam in it, and so and some mile head porting, no valve train work, nothing you know, nothing like that, no squish, no you know it pretty basic and uh and the lap times were you know a unadilla we were a second a lap faster on the on the hybrid so you see the gains in some areas and you know like you said may, maybe that wouldn't be good on the west coast or, or maybe it would be but y- you do see gains in some areas and 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 maybe even minuses in other areas but the gains outweigh the minuses plus these these chassis are are very they can take a, a a this this steel this 4130 chromoly steel is very versatile and it's easy to work on and 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 these chassis are staying together you'll see walsh bikes out there that are 15 20 years old that are still being ridden so there's a, a, another plus to it
1: yeah where we have to take a a production honda frame and gusset it uh, every couple of years and go back Go back through it to make sure that it can live because you can't buy them anymore. And then you just have to keep redoing it. The Yamaha chassis seems to be really, really
0: strong. Well, the thing with the Yamaha chassis is you got to realize it's modular. So it's not that it's strong, it's that it's engineered correctly. It's engineered and it flexes well. You see, they do break though. And Touching in on this hybrid thing, that was one of my that was one of my next uh, you know I, that was one of my next things is I wanted to release a hybrid YFZR. And doing that, I was thinking of keeping it module, which nobody's nobody but the people in my shop has really heard of me talking like this. But and I'm not saying we are doing this. I'm just saying that this is something in the back of my head where I do want. And think I may do this and it may be modular. And the thought behind that was we could um have interchangeable fixtures that make interchangeable parts. So like people are starting to make the bottoms of the chassis for the Yamahas, but they're not making the hips, they're not making the you know what I mean? And we would make all these parts in separate fixtures and be able to take because that's the thing, like you can't really buy you know, a hip for a Yamaha and they break. So um, you're, you know, sometimes you'll have to buy a complete chassis and stuff like that. So if we were to make a, a modular hybrid, which we would, you know, offer different engines and and, and RP is making that, that Y of Z, R, Y, Z, F, 450 with a reverse head on it and it's, it's had some success. Uh, they also make a 250, which I've worked on one of those. And that was a a very nice piece. And the kid, uh, the family that's running that is, is doing very well, um, on it. So, and that's a beautiful, I mean, um, it's a beautiful bike, really. They did a great job with it. So you're seeing a lot of these companies, I mean, Daryl Raspin doing some hybrid stuff, you know, there's a lot of people doing it, and um, and what happens is is when the ATV technology stops, that's when the aftermarket that's when the aftermarket goes. So basically, when the ATV production was going real strong, you weren't seeing a lot of this hybrid stuff. But now, since it's stopping or slowing down, not stopping, but it's slowing down, now you're starting to see more people build again. And and we've been building the whole time because I like to do that. I think it's cool. And I like to see what we can, we could come out with. I really, we actually just, we're actually in the process of doing a, a um, LT500, which is like me and Corey Ellis is probably our, our favorite hybrid. It's just, it's just really, it's really cool. Uh, It's way lighter than the, than the Suzuki 500 and you know and and it's faster well it it is faster on the top end than a modern day four stroke I don't think it gets there as fast I mean I've drag raced them but it's a really cool bike and you're able to do things like that and what's really also is really cool is you and since all these are all the same platform the LTI I picked that for a purpose because I really enjoy the seat height I like the ergonomics everything the geometry everything on that um, and there's a story how that bike, and I don't know if this story is true or not true, but there is a story behind how that LTR came about. Um, and it has to do with our company and Henson and, it, or, you know, and, and a lot of these, and, you know, and, and Doug Gust and, you know, but, um, you know, there, there could have been some outside, there could have been some, some, um, influence from TC's, um, DRZ powered 400, you know, and that's that's what the rumors are, and I don't know if it's true or not true or whatever, but you hear it all the time. I've heard those same
1: rumors, so there's got to be some type of flow to that. So Suzuki did get involved with the aftermarkets to create the LTR. I, I yeah, lose track of. I don't want to lose track of my thought here. So we have a production based class in most of your racing will your frame be able to replace and be used in a production mode the pieces for your frame?
0: No, no. So what we do there, well, you know, AMA plays hardball because they really want to, in my opinion, none of this is factual, but it seems like they really want to um, take care of the last manufacturer standing. Now in the sport quad industry, which would be Yamaha, which rightfully so. But I kind of feel like I have my own thoughts behind that whole, that whole deal. And, and and I don't think we ever should have went away from the pro class as a development class. I think we should have had, I heard, I heard, I don't know this for a fact, but I heard snowmobiles had like pro stock class and a pro mod class. You know what? Most forms of racing have, you know, not stock classes. They're not, you know, they're not going out and racing a Chevy Lumina in NASCAR. It's just, you know, Clay Milligan's not driving a his his Hemi is not a Hellcat engine. You know, (laughs) these are after everything is aftermarket pretty much. And you know, you see the development of the LS motor because you do all forms of racing on the podcast, which was cool. I didn't know that, but like on the the LS motor, you know, GM was feeding off of all, you know, pro stock, and I'm, you know, and this don't take this to the bank. This is my just my thoughts. But they were feeding off of like Grumpy Jenkins and you know, and and these pro stock developers the the whole time. So the aftermarket and the very the the high-end racers, kind of like our companies are, were influencing the manufacturers, you know, in and can I say that that's happened in ATV? Eh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, like we said, we talked about the, you know, the, the DRZ. Maybe, but Suzuki didn't call me and be like, hey, Mike, you know, what's up? So I, I don't know if it happened or if it if it didn't happen. But I do know that that's one of the reasons why the manufacturers race. And, you know, and I'm sure Chad Whedon has some influence you know, in, in Yamaha's development, but, but, but even, but, but honestly, like be, be honest, not cruel, but be honest. The, the Y of has not really changed since Chad's been on it. Correct. No. Uh, and, and
1: I, and I think, and I think that y- y- you're hitting on something here because if you were Yamaha, and you're thinking of the the, the numbers game because the numbers guys run the show, why would you change it? You have no competition and the development is there. Your Raptor 700 doesn't need to change your YFC 450 doesn't need to change because there is nobody out there knocking on the door and it's cheaper for you to build the same thing over and over again. And it's a pretty good platform for what it is back to your, pro stock pro mod race. I a hundred percent agree. There should be a definite stockish class and they should keep it a stockish class like the AMA had for a while. And then there were people that said, you know, there was a big old ordeal with, with supposed cheating and all that other stuff. And they did away with it, which I think hurts the manufacturer and then go to a pro mod race and your pro guys can race the pro stock guy or they can race the pro mod class. You know, and then aftermarket guys like us that carried the industry for all of these years get to come back and regain our place at the top of the hill.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so oddly managed, in my opinion. Um, I did like the pro stock, the pro stock class. But I think I think what's even I think, honestly, and people probably don't want to hear this, but. I'm not, I'm not a, I, I understand the pro stock and I'm not against it. I'm, I'm, I'm for it, but I am more for the lesser classes having a stock class because a guy like me and you that doesn't want to invest their whole life into racing can go get a ZR, bolt some Nerf bars and a kill switch. And a wall stem and a Duncan. You know, I, I don't know about the ECU thing. That's kind of. Uh, I'm not like a huge fan of that mod because uh, it's not really both. That, I don't. I that's, that's something different. But anyway, and we could go out there and race and and, and for a limited amount of money, we don't have to have a lifetime investment, and it's fun. But
1: it would grow so, our sport.
0: Yes, I do agree with that, but. Going back to the pro deal, I think they should have a pro mod class where you could see, and I'm just going to throw this out there. You could see fully independent, you know, um, electric, I'm just, I'm just being crazy right now, but fully independent electric powered four wheelers, you know, or racing against, you know, uh, Banshee powered LTR hybrids or something, you know, where you, where we could just have fun in that class as builders and manufacturers and get the heartbeats of the people going. Um, because who wouldn't want, I mean that 300 we built, man, people love that thing and rightfully so It's gorgeous. Um, it was, I'm not tooting my horn, I, but what I mean is, it's counterbalanced injected two stroke 2022. Um, don't get no better than that. I mean, who doesn't like raw? You know, I mean, the smell of nine two nine or whatever. Nine twenty seven race gas, yeah, yeah it's the greatest. Right, right, right. I mean, who who doesn't love that? Every everybody loves that. And I in in let you know. I kind of touched on something, but are we building an electric powered four wheeler? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but you know, do I think? And I heard, and I, I watched Supercross. You probably do too, but. You know, I I work with a channel um, on Instagram, and uh, they're real big uh, motorcycle guys. And they say, and he had posted a post on there. He said, you know, what if Supercross was all electric, and people are chiming in, it would die. And honestly, I 100% agree with that statement. I I don't feel like, you know people are going to get excited to go watch a bunch of electric bikes run around a track because there's the excitement isn't there. I mean, rev limiters you know, it's to me, and I'm just old school, I guess it don't, it doesn't do anything for me. And and, and I would hate to see it go that way.
1: And, and, and I kind of agree with you, 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 the, the, the thrill of the exhaust, you know, when you crack the throttle and the floor shakes and you, you know, you get to hear the motor and the, the, like you said, the rev limiter, the, the things that are going on, the, just the thrill, you go to a monster truck show, make it electric. Anybody going to go?
0: No, no.
1: Oh, because the toll thrill is gone because you, right. you're not having to wear earplugs. You're not hearing the, that motor roar and, and, you know, 700, 1200 horsepower, whatever those monster things are, it, you know, it, it's, there's a thrill to it. And we're losing a portion of that with the electric. Um, are we going to have to face some of the electric? I totally agree. You know, Moto GP has got an E class uh, F one's got an, or the the formula classes in Europe have an E class um, and they're 50, those, those, those cars are hybrids. So um, it's coming. Um, will it be in my lifetime in the ATV industry? I don't think so. You're younger than I am. It may be there for you. Maybe something that you have to deal with as you're transitioning out. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I I don't, I don't want to see it um, because I don't think electric is the answer.
0: Well, there's a lot of pollutants and I'm not a scientist or somebody who studies this, but I do know that there's a lot of pollutants that go right along with electric as well so don't let it fool you
1: (laughs) well they want to get rid of the oil industry well it takes the oil industry to make all those parts for that electric car
0: yeah well and you got to make electricity right somehow
1: yep and you need the oil to do that and And you need batteries yep and and you're destroying the earth to make those batteries
0: exactly so
1: here's the other thing the world runs on carbon Hello, everything is carbon-based. I don't care who you are and what kind of ozone you live in. It's carbon-based. And without the carbon all the way down into the dirt generated from the earthworm, the leaf, whatever, it's all carbon-based. And carbon is generally not the problem because one volcano explodes and, and look at all the pollutants just went in the air and the earth absorbs it we're off track and I really don't want to get in that track because there's environmentalists that are going to freak out over this, but whatever, you know?
0: <laughs> well, my brother has an electric car and I talked to him about this here and there. So it's kind of funny to me, but uh, no, it's good information. I like that.
1: So I want to ask you about this. We really got into the hybrid thing. I, I want to talk about it just a little bit more. Um, What's your preferred motor package and does the the lighter duty tranny get affected by the heavier quad?
0: Great question. Um it, my preferred engine and it's kind of funny it's been my preferred engine since day 1 is the CRF 450. Now, on the 250 stuff, the KTM is very strong. Um okay I really like the KTM on a 250 and here's the reason why. This is kind of a mind blower for people, but if you're a kid, if you if you're a person you have a 250 and you have and you have a and you and and it's a KTM, you can put a 350 motor directly into that chassis with zero modifications. So now you have two bikes in one. You know, cuz I like to tell people, hey, why don't you get a 350, practice on that, don't put $10,000 into your 250 motor. Uh, you know, if you you know, cuz you're going to have a 350 and you're going to have a $10,000 250 over here and that 350 is probably still going to be faster. So you you can you can you can practice on a 350 bone stock and have it comparable to your race package which I think is awesome. Um do I think and you didn't answer question ask me this question do I think 450 is too small for a quad? Yes, I do. Um I think that the 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 quads, you know for the bikes, okay, that's great, but for the quads, I think it needs to be Five fifty or or six hundred or something but that's but but that's neither here or there because I still feel that we are underpowered uh even with these these you know high horse but they're they're good but i i do i i wouldn't mind but i know the i understand four fifty is the magic number because it just is now if you look at the two fifty a two fifty is one cylinder of a one thousand you know so the r one you know so the g s x r is a one thousand you know uh, that that's the platform the you know the uh the 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 one the 1 liter class i guess and then the 250 is one of those one of those holes you know so what i'm trying to the point i'm trying to drive home here is all the r and d is with that born stroke combination with that piston size with that re- so i get it it makes sense do it okay so and then on the 450 side back to your original question the um, I love the CRF for numerous reasons. Honda's Honda parts are available. It, it parts are cheap. I mean, Suzuki parts on the LTR side of things are ridiculous. And that's another reason I want to come out with the YFZR hybrid just because of cost of plastic and, you know, things that you need from Yamaha brakes. And stuff. But I love the Honda motor. The CRF motor is just, in the transmission, getting to your question, no problems. They last better than, in my opinion, they last better than the ATV stuff. And I think the reason why that is, is because they're putting more effort into the dirt bike stuff. And yes, the gears are smaller. Yes, they're, 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 um, you know, lighter, but I think the surface finishes and the, the steel that's used, And, 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 um, the strength of the gears are, are just better in my opinion. I mean, you, you've seen, so we used to, we used to take the 06 and up Honda stuff uh, in the beginning and we used to send them to Curtis Sparks and he had a hardening process that he was doing to like three of those gears. But if you look at those gears, the gears are actually different color. They don't even look the same. Some of them are dark black. Some of them are shiny. You know, I'm sure you, you've seen this, but if you look at a, a CRF tranny, um, it's just a higher quality piece, in my opinion. But now, you know, they got the billet trannies for the TRXs and all that, and and, and that made them a lot better. But I really feel like there's just it's just the bike stuff is is The the factories are putting more emphasis in it. Listen, they're racing it professionally. They're putting huge money into racing these things and they're putting all their, their, their knowledge into, they're putting more effort into the bike stuff. So to answer the question is I think the trainees are better in the bike. The ratios now that's is arguable. The ratios are arguable, but if you ever watch a hybrid leave off the line, he's going to have a bike length on that ATV motored bike every time off the line because first gear and second gear are much taller. So it allows the ATV to make better traction and be more rideable. I don't know if you ever drag race, like a stock GSXR 1300 Hayabusa. I, I've been 992 on a stock non-strapped and I was almost 200 pounds. Non-strap booster which is very difficult to do. It took me like 40 passes. But if if you go ahead and you you put a quicker gear on it because it, it makes sense to do that, the bike will actually slow way down because it's harder to ride off the line. It's wheeling, it's it's doing all this stupid stuff, and you can't control it. But with the big 17 tooth front sprocket, it's much more rideable. And I think these are the things that you're seeing with this with the hybrid. And you learn stuff like that. Like we learned a lot about this bike putting these bike motors in there just because guess what we were doing it you know no nobody else was really really doing it a lot and we were doing it we're racing it and we were learning so it was it was it was good for my company to learn a lot of things about about a lot of stuff so it is it was good i think it was um very healthy
1: so what would you do with a guy like me? I call you up and I go, "Hey Mike, I want to buy one of your frames, but I want to use these specific parts. Do you build to that or do you build a platform one way and that's the only way I can buy it?"
0: Well, you know, obviously there's the TRX conversion um hybrid which uh we it's probably we what I'm going to do.
1: Huh? It's just probably what I'm going to do.
0: Right, it's what It's a cheaper route, and some people like the Honda chassis. They're used to it. They're comfortable on it. They like it. Uh, They can get parts for it. Numerous reasons. Um, Or they have parts for it. And that's fine. Um, But we offer a few different options. We offer that option. We offer the full hybrid. Um, There's stuff that, okay, so that 300, that two-stroke build we just built, uh, my brother hates it when I take these jobs in because I, I have to put so much effort into the fixturing and, you know, and it's just, and, and, and how many bikes are we really going to sell? Three, four, 10, 20, who knows? I don't know. You know, so, um so, you know, to take on it. So to, to answer your question, do we just build what the customer wants? Yes. And no. Like some stuff that's ridiculous to me, I may say, yeah, we're not going to do that. But if it makes sense and I think there's a market for it, then I will. Like I'm not going to put a Chinese motor out of a, you know, a a scooter in a a hybrid doesn't make sense, you know. But if it's something that makes sense and I think I can sell it and it's cool, it's going to draw publicity and it's going to be a good vehicle for somebody, I'll probably take it on.
1: That's, that's pretty awesome. I I like the workability there. Um, Daytona's days away.
0: Yeah. Are you ready? Well, it's a great, great question because I'm all business in the last like three years and I don't have to be as ready as I once had to and we talked about that on the last episode when Duncan was coming all the way from the West Coast and racing the East Coast and it was a lot of work but now I just got to take care of 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 my clients and my customers and keep everybody semi happy and I say yeah we got a good jump on it There is some people that aren't uh probably um um we, you know, there's some people that probably would have liked their parts in a more timely fashion. And we're sorry about that. I, we're working on it and we are working on it. Um, we're making changes and things are getting better, but I'd say we're pretty, I mean, what we try to do going into Daytona is, as I, you know, I'll have meetings with my office and, and, you know, and, and we will, we will figure out who needs what and when in the pro class, because we want to, we want to get, take care of the people who take care of us. And and it's not that they're more valuable or less valuable than anybody. It's just that this is kind of how we, we market our product and, and, you know, like, like, like Chad Ween and Joel Hetrick, Phoenix, you know, <clears throat> the, the, you know, people that run, run this stuff, we try to get them ready. Cause, cause right. Cause Daytona is the first race and it was an only pro show. For a while, right? So it made sense to take care of the pros, get them ready, and then trickle down. But you're not stopping the shop in in, in just building parts for Daytona. But w- we're sneaking it in here and there. You know, we're okay. Um, you know, Nick Janusa needs this or, or or whatever it is. You know, and you know, and, and you know, I've even seen I've even seen top pros send me back their sent me some of their stuff back from the previous year, and we will recondition it to to back into new again. and they will race the following season on that. So I've seen that happen you know on a arms. I mean probably not swing arms too much because swing arms just take a enormous beating. But you know, some of the parts that that aren't gonna fatigue and break. and so that happens every once in a while, but to get back to the original question, I'm looking forward to it. I, you know, I mean, I got a little, um, trip planned and, um, we're going to swing into, uh, Daytona Tuesday morning. So we'll be there.
1: That's, that's outstanding. That's outstanding that, that that your guys' business plan is to do business and support the racers. But you know what, we're, we're in business to be in business.
0: Right. Right. So it's, it's good. I mean, it's good. I think, we've changed a lot of stuff in the last three years at the shop. I've always respected Duncan for their, their professional, um, industry leading look. And, 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 you know, you've been around the world racing and I mean, even when I never really didn't even, I just started this deal. There was, there was the Duncan, there was the Doug roll there. You know, I was looking in magazines and stuff because I mean, truly you guys are more OG than I am. I mean, Doug's been out there, right? You know, you've been out there, your family, you know, there there's, and there's a lot of people that I've now signed off, but I was looking at you guys back then and kind of looking at, but we've changed some stuff and and things are going a lot better around here. And I think
1: everybody forgets that we don't do this just to go racing. We do this for a living. This is how we feed our families. And um, a lot of people have forgotten that, 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 you know, Um, we have lives just like everybody else. We have to pay the electric bill, go to grocery store, buy a car, you know, (laughs) you know,
0: it's it's so true.
1: All the same stuff goes on. You know, I know that we're working seven days a week. We not may not put on. Uh, an eight to 12 hour day on Saturday and Sunday, but we're still working. I'm answering emails. I'm prepping parts for a a specific Monday. Got to go the next week. And, and, um, I know my brother does most of the engine work that he does Saturday, Sundays and Mondays, because that that's when the phone's not in his ear. That's not when he's being bombarded with things. And, um, it's different. It's different. Um, the evolution of the company and the evolution of of us because we are both in our fifties. Um, and we're past the midpoint of our fifties. So we're closer to 60 than 50 anymore. And I don't think people realize that everything changes,
0: you know, and, and I don't want to throw this out there about myself, but you know, I, I go to therapy every Monday at six o'clock. I got a real good guy go to. I really enjoy him. It's it's helped me in my career and, and me with other deals I was doing, but you know, he, he, you know, one thing he's taught me is it's it's you, you know what I mean? Like, like not it's me, but like, if you have, like, if, you know, okay. If somebody, and this is, this is the, the, the point I'm trying to prove, like, basically if people see me, And they're like, oh, Mike, um, let's just hypothetically say has an airplane or this or that, you know, and they see that. And then they, they want, um, they think that, um, that we are just, we, we, you know, I don't want to say have money because that's like the first thing from the truth, but we are able to give everyone discounts. Let's just call it that. Or right. or whatever. But that's not the reality of it. The reality of it is, um, well, we can't even get in that it's way too long. But basically, basically, people make judgments on what you present to the world. Like, you know, a lot of people don't like posting things on Instagram because or or social media on Facebook because people will judge you off of off of that, you know, and and they, ninety nine times don't even know the real story. Have no idea what they're talking about, and things are probably just the opposite of what they really think. But you have to deal with all that, and 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 and, and right. So so by ha- running a professional company, it's very important because we are we are all like family here. You know, like the Duncans, the Walshes, the Baldwins. You know. And we are family too. the embolden does a very good job um, at running a professional business at well. And I, and I hats off to him, but you know, this is a reality of it is we have to make more money than we spend every year or else we're going to be out of business. That's and, the reality of it.
1: And the, and the consumer doesn't see the manufacturing difficulties that we are under. I mean, you live in Florida. So your tax base is different than here. Like we live in Southern California, right. we're getting
0: beat up. Yeah. You're getting killed. Taxes
1: and and we're getting beat up with material costs and shipping and gas. Right. It, it, it's just unreal. In the last two years, prices have doubled and tripled, you know, and it's just beyond belief um, labor force with all the COVID the labor for labor force is difficult. I mean, it's hard to find people to work you know, it's hard to find people to work consistently, you know, I
0: have a couple things to chime in on about that. Um, I've been blessed here in Florida and we, we made a strategic move to Florida because of the cost of living and the cost of doing business and the no state income tax and all this stuff. And we made that choice to Well, dad, he was, he was, uh, I'd like to say, you know, sharper than I am, but he was a lot older than me too. So, you know, we strategically picked that. Yes, the 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 downfall of that is though, there's not a lot of good when I say good people, don't take that the wrong way. There's not a lot of people that are good at manufacturing here in Florida because it is a farming type uh deal, you know, um, here um in Live Oak where we live. But um we've been blessed, thank God, with some pretty Good team members um in the last couple of years we've had we've had things that looked like they were going to go really bad end up going really good and we've had some good we've had good employees and i'm I'm happy about that. The only thing I wanted to say is I had this outside contractor this is a funny story to kind of to clue it, to to talk about what you just said about the cost of manufacturing so this guy comes down to my shop this is a true story and and he's a CAD cam, he's, he's a CAD cam CNC programmer. And we were looking for a guy. So he's like, hey, um, I can't work directly for you, but I can do outside contracting. So this deal started going on and he did like two projects for us um, before we ended up having a major falling out because um, it just doesn't work out for me. But while he was here, he actually had a product line and, 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 this taught me a lot of stuff about people and it taught me a lot of stuff about manufacturing. So he said, Hey, Mike, I'll just say, I'll just say a linkage knuckle or something. He's like, how much, you know, how much do you, do you have in this linkage knuckle? And, you know, I tell him and he's like, listen, what if I told you I could get a part that looked better than this for half the price delivered to your door i'd say and be better a better product all the way around or just as good i'd say well that's kind of a no-brainer he's like okay i can do that for you i said how he goes we're going to china i said we ain't going to china you know he's like listen i can buy this exact i can get this part made in china for less money than you than you can buy the material for. That's what he told me now that, that, so, you know what I did? I said, I said, my, all my parts are made I, 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 as much as I can make is made in this building. And it's all made in USA in Florida. So I'm not into that, but I said, i, was, I I'll, I'll play with you though. I'll play your game. I said, okay, go get this quote, you know, take this to your guy in China or whoever it is, get this quoted, come back to me with a quote. Cause he said, this would take, this process would only take like six weeks from start to finish. Okay. Yeah. So I said, okay, do it. You know, I was just, I just, I wanted to see this for myself because you hear this stuff, you hear about that stuff, but let, let me see it. So he sends, he emails the person da. gets the ball rolling. I still have never got a quote back and it's been eight months. Not that I was going to go that way, but I thought it was hilarious that he's telling me that he could. But anyways, he says, they, here's the
1: problem with China. You could see that part on the internet one day being sold and you never freaking getting your per- production out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I would never go that way anyways, but he was, he kept, he kept talking to me, talking to me, So I got sick of listening to him. I said, okay, go ahead. Now do it. Let's see it. Was never produced. We don't talk anymore. We actually went, but he never ever produced a, even a quote. And I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, I was like, um, I was like, um, you know, I was, I, I, I made a joke that, you know, we we could have made that thing with a rat tail file faster, and you got the quote from China. Right, right.
1: I know we get beat up a little bit on some of the cost of some of our stuff because everything's American made. And, you know, we try to buy American materials to do it all. And we try to keep everything in house, you know, in the States. And it's, it's difficult. It's really difficult because being in California, you can't plate in California. So we have to send it out. And we end up sending it south of the border because you can't get it. You can't get it here in San Diego. You know, well, yeah. places Utah and there might be some places in Arizona, but you're talking shipping, the cost is gonna right. skyrocket. Um, and I don't think the quality is gonna be any better.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I'm yeah, you know, I actually learned a lot on that whole process, like things that I learned a lot about. <sighs> people like I said and I learned a lot about America and I learned a lot about China just just from the tiny little education that this guy gave me and that I figured out while I was asking you know questions but it's kind of crazy because I always was just head down make it buy it mark it up a little bit sell it you know that I, I didn't I never think get somebody else to do your work. You know, it's, you know, that's not, not, it was not in my gene pool, you know, but definitely, um, you know, with all these environmental people and I, I mean, I, I, I love animals and I'm, I'm like I said, I, I, uh, I only eat fish and shellfish and vegetables, but, um, I dude, I'm into it, but you know, it's coming it's it's getting you know like you said you can't play in california it's probably environmental it's because right? of environmental a lot of yeah. It. yeah yeah right so yeah it's a it's a reality and i and like i said i don't i don't know but yeah so yeah i get it
1: our industries our industry is going to suffer because of the environmentalist impact because we're a small fish in that big ocean, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're going to take us out first because we're little, or maybe, or maybe we could end up living a long time and just be unseen until it, until it gets to the end. Who knows? You know, hopefully the off-road industry will stay around for a long
0: time. Yeah.
1: Mike, I really love talking to you. Your insights to some things are really awesome. That brings me to, um, a a a conversation that was had, I was contacted by Joe, Joe bird about Daytona. And at first I was a little skeptical, but the more we texted back and forth, you know, you got to support people when they have a dream and they have an outlook. And I chose to support him and back him on his quest to come back and race Daytona. Uh, I know that you had some dealings with him about it as well. And I just wanted to get your take on 50-year-old Joe coming out and racing. Unfortunately, he couldn't get in shape to to do it, so he had to pull out. But do you think the old the old guard should continue or do you think that they should go?
0: Well, I think people should do what is in their heart, and if if he wants to race Daytona, I will mentally support him. <laughs> And, and would I financially support Joe to race Daytona if he was very serious about racing Daytona, I would invest into Joe, um, because I do think it's really cool or digger or anybody who had that inkling and and this is this may be a rumor or not a rumor. I, I don't I don't know, but I I heard that Honda was um, w- really wanted Joe to race Daytona when he was fifty years old. That was kind of like a a thing. Um, and if, and if that's true, then that's super cool. So I I think it's super cool. I did hear some chatter. Um I heard a little bit from Joe and you know but but it was more of like an undercover you know I know he did some stuff on digging deep I know he did some stuff with you um but but I didn't feel like it was handled correctly um because if you're really going to go out there and play with these boys you got to have you got to you got to have you have to be ready. You have to make a commitment. You have to build, uh, the bike, you know, you have, you, you gotta, and I'm sure Joe has a, t- a tons of bikes, but you have to make the commitment. And and I didn't see that commitment in, in my opinion, but do I think it's awesome? Yeah. I think it's totally awesome.
1: I think he made his decision to do it too late.
0: Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I was saying. This, this had to be This had to be something that he was planning, like, like after the last race of of twenty twenty one that he was going to race and then start your training because you're not going to get a 50. I mean, you know, I always I always could see my abs, you know, and now I'm forty five and, you know, I don't know where they went, you know, (laughs) did I change anything? Yeah, I changed some stuff. But I mean, so basically you just don't you just don't get back into shape at that age. You know what I mean? Right. So it's gonna be a process.
1: I agree. You know, I agree. And, and I would love to see it, you know. Um I was asked for support, um physically my my support, not Duncan Racing, but my support. And I uh I I was hundred percent in because I think that um I would love to see it. You know, I would love to see a Honda go out and race with those guys because I am a diehard Honda guy. Don't get me wrong. I still like the, I still like the Yamaha platform, but, um, I, I I love building Hondas and, um, I like the way they ride. I, I just enjoy my Hondas. And, um, that was one of the striving forces for me is to see that flame again, you know, with the Honda come out there and, and, and shine. And I think Joe's strong enough guy. I, I think he could have done well.
0: I mean, it's right up his style. Those, um, that real technical, uh, track that Daytona has there. It, it, it would have been a perfect fit because he could have got a good start. He could have held on. He's strong. He's, he's a hell of a trainer. But but like I said, like, it's really hard to be a professional athlete and then not be for numerous years and then be a professional athlete again, because, you know, there's there's things that happen in in big time gaps that take big time gaps to change. So one might have gained weight, one might have. You know, there's just tons of stuff. So, um, I just think that if we're gonna do this, like if Joe Bird is going to race Daytona, and the industry is gonna be behind him to do it, I think it has to be handled properly, and I, I think it has to be taken very serious because it's a very serious thing. These kids out there these days are are really they're really high-end athletes in my opinion. I mean, they're training, they got good equipment underneath of them and, 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 and they, you know, their frontal lobe of their brain, it's not developed. So they're taking chances. They're going fast. Um, and at 50 years old, it's a different ball game. So I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like it's, it's almost like also, it's a safety thing where like, um, you know, you have to be your, your, your reflex. because Look, look at the NHRA and stuff. Like say, say Clay Milligan suffered a concussion, you know, or something like that. Well, he would have to be any, and even into the AMA, but you know, these, these people have to be in top physical shape. So is it, can Joe be, Oh, for sure. I know he can, but is he right now? I I, I don't know. I haven't seen Joe. Honestly, I've talked to him a little bit, but so. If he's going to do this, I think the sponsors, I think the the support system has to be established earlier than 30 days or or 60 days before the event.
1: Yep. I think he needs, if he wants to race to next year, he needs to to stay on track now. Right. Get his body physically in, in that mode because he's got to get thinner. He's got to be strong. He's, you know, he's got to go back to being a professional athlete. And at 50 years old, I don't care who you are there. You're 50 years old.
0: Exactly. Hey, I couldn't have said any better. I agree. 100% you're 50 years old. You know, And and you're, you don't, it don't work like it did when you were 25. I was
1: out training today i'm 55 years old and i was out training today and it's cold on the west coast you know so it's in the low 40s and dude my legs don't work no no sorry. they don't work like when i was 17 or, or in my early 20s the cold never affected me right did not work the whole day and and i don't care i could there's nothing i could do i couldn't get them warm so
0: right I that's one things. reason we moved to Florida because of dad hated the cold because when he got older he couldn't handle it. So same thing you're saying.
1: And Joe's going to face things at 50 that he never faced.
0: Right. And and here's the other thing about the conversation and I'm not bashing Joe at all, but I am I tend sometime to be a realist and we got to really look back at when Joe was racing. Up until his four, when when I don't even know when he stopped. When did he stop? It drug on a long time. It was what like 47 three or four when 47. he stopped racing? 40, he stopped
1: when was 47. 46.
0: No, maybe yeah. 46. So we gotta look at his finishes. You know, when was the last time he was on the podium? You he know, injured.
1: He got injured in Gosh, I just talked to him about this and I freaking forgot. I think he got injured going into the 17 season.
0: And going into the 17 season, it yeah. caused him to have to retire. It was 17 or 18. I remember, I, I remember that. But, but, but my point is, is, is because Joe contacted me and he told me he was going to stand on the podium at Daytona. And I told him he was not going to stand on. the <laughs> And he took it personal. It, it, it's not, per- it wasn't, it wasn't personal, Joe. It was just that it, it, it was just, and I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying that it just takes so much. And looking back on Joe's career, you know, it, it, and when was the last time you stood on the podium? Like what year was the last, podium joe had that's that's something i want that's something i want to know and joe would know right away he would know i'm sure he didn't, would know didn't he get on the
1: podium uh the last year that he raced the full season
0: i don't know that's a good question
1: i think he did
0: and and, and how many podiums did he have in his last five years of racing i i, I would be i would want to know that information to make an educated decision if Joe is going to stand on the podium at 50 years old versus the competition that he I mean I know Joe so well like like me and Joe are like good friends you know but he's sometimes it, it says things that don't make sense to me and it's not just with racing it's it's other things as well so I think Joe like I think Joe has a broader mind than I have I think that I'm uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm too. I'm. 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 I'm not a, an optimist. Joe's a, a real optimist, and he's a really you know positive. If he gets his mind, he's gonna. And that's probably why he was a cha- two-time champion. You know, and I was never even close to a champion. So, but it's just, it's just as an outsider looking in, it's a big feat. And I think he would need a couple races, a couple maybe a season underneath of his belt to actually get back into the groove with hitting those corners, jumping those jumps, you know, scrubbing that speed and, you know, and getting his bike dialed in and tuned in because that was always a problem when we were working together, you know, it was, you know, we never, we never really at the end could really get Joe happy. It was always, there was always, there was always problems that he was getting, um, And opposed to other vehicles and other riders, where, and you know, I work with a lot of people late in their career, and and it's 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 like a trend. And if you're a a champion, what happens is if if you're a champion, you have a champion's mentality. And just because you're not that fast anymore, you don't lose that mentality if you're a champion. Usually, Um, I guess uh, the football player uh, Tom Brady ended up retiring you know um and he didn't milk it he didn't milk his career out like some people do he was he won a super bowl the next year he did it and then he retired and a lot of these people that race they only know racing like I'm one of them i only know building four-wheeler parts you know what i mean so
1: yeah i got that um, i got that same problem
0: right so 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 these racers they want to continue racing they know how to do it but they 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 just they they burn out, you know what I mean it it they might not be burned out, but their flame comes to an end and and you can't just rekindle that like I've been working with um well, I, I'm not even gonna say any names, but it happens all the time to our company because we have some great people, great riders that are winning championships and and then they're getting late in their career, and they keep telling me. You know, maybe not personally, but I keep hearing and maybe personally that they're going to win again. And, 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 and they just keep they literally keep going the other way. So it's it's this conversation is a big one because because it's it, they 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 they're they're digressing the whole time. And they they're thinking and they're looking for things to say, oh, my shocks aren't working. Oh, my arms aren't right. Oh, my motor sucks or it's not where it needs to be or the combinations off or and, and it and it just continues and, and and they never really do good again. I mean they do okay and they're better than than they're and they're better than most anyone else but they're just not at that championship level anymore. And 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 then you get you kind of as a company you kind of get stuck continuing to invest in that rider because you have a a a real, you have a personal relationship and you, 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 they're like family, but does it make sense as a, as a business? No, it doesn't make sense. And that's, that's something that I have a really hard time with because these people are like my brothers and, you know, we've, we've won stuff together and, you know, but when it, when it's, When you're, when you're done, you're done, you know, and, and, and that's, that's a good, that's a good conversation because, because could Joe do it? Yeah. I think he could do it. I I mean, would it be almost next to impossible? I think it probably would be just because of age, but would it be awesome whether he got last or first and he just wanted to do it? Hell yeah. I'm totally in. I mean, that's great. It's awesome. I mean, I, I have trouble getting out of the bed anymore. Literally. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not racing, Daytona.
1: <laughs> my wife, I'm, I'm building my own 450, which you and I have had discussions about. But right. um, my wife came out and I was hanging some parts on it the other day, and I was telling her this was mine, and da-da-da-da-da. And she goes, Great, you know, and um racing came up and she goes, I would love to watch you race because my wife's never seen me ride. Right, right, right. And um, I got all excited for about two days. And then the realization came and I said, no, that's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: I know. I know. It's, 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 it's just tough, man. uh, And you know, the other thing that comes into there is a full-time job and even a fuller than full-time job as a business owner, you just can't do everything. You have to, you have to make a decision on what you want to go after. You know, I was telling one of my guys yesterday, we were working on a new project. And I said, You know how I built this business? Because he was getting off on a different something else. I said, I just did the same thing my entire life. That's it. I didn't do other stuff. (laughs) I said, You need to focus in on this. This is all, this is what we're doing. We're only doing this. So, you know, but, I'm kind of narrow minded, you know, but, um, you got, I guess what I'm trying to say is you got to make a commitment and you can't spread yourself too thin.
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Mike Walsh, as always, buddy, it's super enjoyable conversation. Thank you for coming on ATV talk. And, um, I will welcome you back any, any time that you want to talk and anything you have to talk about.
0: All right. I've had a I've had a great time, Lenny, and I enjoy to continue our business relationship and definitely the ATV talk stuff, too. I love this stuff. So that brings
1: me to this point. Um, If you have any releases that you need out, um, our media company is at your disposal. You can always send us links to things and we will promote them for you and get them out there so that everybody can see it from a different uh, perspective other than just yours.
0: That's great. I love it um i'm looking forward to
1: it you know in the beginning i was was fighting this media company thing and we are a media company this is a media organization um we have a a, a new, sh- uh short that we are starting to produce where we do captions of news um you know as i go research the industry you know this race or that race or this development and i put a little 5 minute to 10 minute video together and we release those um so we're growing our brand in, in, the, in the media industry, um, as well as just doing the podcast.
0: Well, i will be excited to hear that, um, that you're branching out into, uh, other racing industries. Um, because I love that. That's kind of how I run my company where uh, I'll go to NHRA events or I'll go to different events and, uh, you know, I'll look at some of the stuff people are doing and, You know, I've said this before, but when you start cross, you know, looking, you know, cross-referencing and researching and seeing how, you know, other stuff works. It just, it just, it's just going to help the ATV community, I believe, um, when, when you do, when you, when you are pulling ideas from other, from other forms of racing too. So that's kind of cool.
1: And bringing conversations in different perspectives of the world in racing can also help the ATV people grow and, and grow their thought process so that the industry grows.
0: Well, and it's funny you say that because I look in the, the, this real quick, but I, w- I was at the worlds with the USA team and, um, I seen this ATV and I'm like, that ain't going to work, you know? <laughs> and that guy goes out there and he's running with Chad Wienan. And I'm like, I got an eye opener, and I, you know, I researched it. I figured out some stuff, but, um, but, you're right. J- just because we do it like this in the U.S. doesn't mean in Argentina, and, in and, in, in, in Europe, and where you know that they're racing, you know, the exact same setups that we have. So, and like you said, just just on the West Coast, this is different setups than than what we're running. So. You know, we we can we can pull ideas from all over the world and 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 come up in come up with um better stuff.
1: I agree. I agree, brother. Keep keep innovating, keep developing, and keep growing. All right. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com.